tired. So tired. Hey listeners, it's Brett here. I haven't slept since the last time we recorded, which was a couple days ago. I am am in shit shape, but fortunately, I have help. I'm here with Christina Warren, you know, my longtime co-host. And returning guest Brian Guffey. How are you guys doing? Good, good. I'm I'm pretty good. I have slept. Um, I'm on I'm in vacation mode. I'm flying out um, to Atlanta early tomorrow morning, so I've got to do laundry and stuff. And um, uh, but yeah, I I just ordered my dad's Christmas gift, um, which I realized was very last minute, but I thought that I'd done it earlier and I didn't. But they did have a Sonos Roam. Um, at a local Best Buy in Atlanta. Well, it'll be available for pickup on the 23rd. But I was able to get, I had to wait for Father's Day, like months for his, for his Sonos. Like I had to order it in May to get it like sometime at the end of June. So I was very happy that that this time I I didn't have to wait as long for another Sonos. You spent a lot of time on uh, consumerism. This isn't an insult. That sounds mean, but... Like so many topics are Christina's like waiting to get a, a brand new laptop or Christina's like hunting down a PS4. Like you spend a lot of time on like not just shopping, but like difficult shopping. No, you're not wrong. And and and, and it's it's a fair criticism. I think about that a lot. Actually. Like I I'm said, like, yeah. not a criticism. I know. I know. But no, I mean, it's it's uh it's sort of this we'll we'll talk about our mental health but it's sort of how i deal with things to be completely honest and it's not the most healthy way but it is what it is but in this case i just literally finished doing that uh before we started the pod so just, that was how like, i mind i don't have the energy for that kind of stuff if it takes if it takes too long or it's too hard to track down i just i i, I don't that's why i don't have that much stuff well in this case i didn't have to track it down that difficult like yeah but you had to wait like you had to you had to put an order in and wait for it and that's oh i mean that i mean months ago yeah for for this particular one though like it it actually works out because i will be getting into atlanta and then we'll pick it up on the 23rd so it's actually easier but sure fair enough brian how are you um you know it's it's saturday and i have three days left to work for the rest of the year so that's like yay yeah, and then though, and we'll get into this some, but I am looking forward to not working so that I can work. If y'all know what that's like, I totally. do. Yes, <laughs> my I, vacation I want- started today. I've been working all day. Yeah, I was gonna say I was like my vacation technically started um, Wednesday, although I was uh, doing. Um, uh, I went into the office on Thursday last time we recorded, and um, I. I also in this place where i'm like yes i'm actually looking forward to being able to get some actual work done because i don't go back until the third or the fourth or whatever day that is yeah same i'm just looking forward to actually doing some training having time to do training and learn some stuff so i said just got work to pay for like 1200 dollars worth of atlassian training so hell yeah wait can't you do that during work though well we're gonna get into that (laughs) okay (laughs) i would like to that would be awesome that would be awesome, wouldn't it? I was gonna say, I was, I was gonna say, wouldn't it be great? Like we have sometimes we have these like days of learning thing, which ends up just being like, oh, you're not supposed to have meetings these days, and you can focus on your own things, and then inevitably, other people will like not respect the day of learning and be like, oh no, we have to have this meeting at this time. Yeah, I'm like, well, well, thanks. I just like I 
I, I make myself those days. They don't offer them, but I'm like, Hey, I need today. I'm going to be heads down. And then I, I go heads down. I like close slack. I just ignore work for a day. Nice. It takes some effort. Okay. So, so, okay. So, so we should just go right into Brett's mental health corner, AKA mental health corner, uh, (laughs) because you haven't slept. Yeah. I am like low key manic, which sounds um, like a contradiction in terms, but I'm like super calm. I went to breakfast with my parents this morning and I let them know like I hadn't been sleeping and that I was having a bit of a manic episode. And my mom's like, you seem totally level. Like I I'm, I'm not coming across as crazy but I'm not sleeping. That's like the only symptom of this is I'm not sleeping and therefore I'm tired. Um, but like about, I, I have that coding obsession. Like I put way too much effort into bunch yet or not bunch, uh, doing yesterday. Cause I can't stop. But this morning, like I, it turned out that code samples on my blog, when a code sample was inside of a list, it was being rendered with a space at the beginning of every line. So if you copied code out and pasted it into a script, it wouldn't work because the hash bang at the beginning of the script would have a space before it. And mm. this is this is annoying. I mean, sure, people could fix it on their end, but I'm, I, I write a lot of code on my blog. I can't have this. So I spent three hours tracking down I have so many plugins running and it turned out I didn't even know how my code blocks were being syntax highlighted. Like everything I thought was working wasn't and something completely inexplicable was creating my code blocks. And ultimately after three hours, I ended up writing a Jekyll hook that does a brute force regex, uh, D uh, like out, outdenting of all rendered code blocks before they go to the blog uh it's it's ugly it it works i love jekyll's hooks you can you can do so much with jekyll hooks but also it's fucking annoying i i'm mad at jekyll and i love jekyll at the same time yeah i i noticed that that was in uh in in the show notes we'll, we'll come to that um uh, uh brian how's your mental health oh man well you know let's see uh fine ish like i'm really like you talked about i'm excited about we're gonna have this break things are gonna be nice i'm gonna be too bored and i'm gonna find things to do but at the moment you know everything that's going on in the world with um the omicron variant like Mm -hmm. it's stressing me the heck out and you know mostly just worried about my friends like i'm pretty good doing what i do i stay at home all the time i don't go anywhere but like that's stressful and then there's this uh stuff going on with this discord community that i created with friends a while ago it was just kind of like messy and it makes me wonder like will can you ever have like decent community on the internet or is it always going to like devolve into terrible stuff so like we're deciding about are we going to shut it down or what are we going to do you know and so like that's been that's been kind of a sad conversation that's been going on oh so, sorry I'm to like, hear that yeah i'm like a six out of ten <laughs> yeah I would point out that like our, our discord for overtired is not super active compared to some of the discords I'm on, but we have great people there that are always friendly. And I have yet to have like any 
meltdowns in that community. Yeah, and I think that's part of, uh, that's one of the things that I think I've learned this community, like, blew up because, like, it was launched on TikTok and it was one of those things that went viral. So, like, we got, like, there's a thousand people in a day. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, and um, we learned a lot through this process. But what we learned is that I think you have to build, like, we spent a lot of time being intentional about the community, but... Like the people who came in weren't intentional. Right, right. That's actually a really good point because you can be intentional about how you're creating it. But if the people who you're bringing in don't have those same, don't have that same understanding, then it can, it can be a different place. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about the number of people over the past couple of years. And we launched it in the pandemic, right? That's the other part. A lot of people over the past couple of years who've only sort of gotten to be adults on the internet because they're like, you know, they're like college students and like their whole lives have been on the internet as adults and what that means and how you think about things and how like you engage with people. And also they grew up in a world where Donald Trump was always like somebody who was maybe running for president and what that's done to us. <laughs> right. And and it's also, I mean, I think even like taking some of like the, the world things about it, like they're college students. So you know, yep. when you're that age, like you're self-absorbed and you have your own kind of shit and you have your own way of viewing things and you're not completely developed. And, you know, like it's it's different. Um, like I I can look back at my own life, you know, which was on the Internet um, as as were both of you, you know, then. And I'm like, yeah, shit. I cause I was the difference then, I think, slightly because I did have Facebook, but it was like there was some sense of um, anonymity. And other stuff so you could at least like your mistakes were hidden but you know it's it's different now like it's just it, it but not even now i guess it's just like it's that age you know where where people have different ways of, of interacting like you grow out of stuff you know what i mean not everyone does but a lot of people do oh yeah absolutely and we had like real friends in like real space that we could go hang out with and we weren't on the internet all of the time i mean i was but yeah yeah, sure. I mean, I was too, but like I was on, the, but like we also were on the internet, but also in person with people. Yeah, like, no. That whole part of it is gone now, especially for the past two years. Like just gone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I think about that a lot. I think about like, uh, especially not even so much uh, college. I mean, that, that has to suck, but especially like kids in high school. Yeah. Because that's an even more like fucked up age. And uh, like, so I think about kids like middle school, high school, and like shit. You know, if all you have is the drama that happens online and you don't even have the opportunity to deal with any of the in-person drama, you know, which is different, but also sometimes better. Like yeah. you can at least get it out in the open, um, whereas online, everybody's just catty fucking bitches. Um, like it, it's, uh, God, I don't even want to think about like what the social dynamics would be like if you'd spent the last two years, you know, and especially if you'd kind of like you've you've been like on off you know what i mean it's like okay we were all at home and then we were kind of in person and now we're kind of at home again and then there are some people like there's this interesting new york times article um uh, about how generation z is like over the pandemic and i don't blame them like I, i i don't blame a number of people who are like yeah i am not giving up the rest of my life anymore i'm i'm just going to be um, you know, um, I'm just going to try to go on in, in, um, thank you, Grant. Uh, my husband just brought me up food, 
but like, I'm just going to try to go on and live more normally. And there's a certain selfishness to that, right? But I also, I feel like if I were 18 years old, there would be a big part of me who'd be like, yeah, fuck it. I'm I'm going to be vaccinated and, and be try to be safe around other people, but I'm not going to not go to parties. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. My parents, I'm like on the other side, like near 70 are like, and I'm like, stay home, stay home. And my dad is like, I am only going to live so much longer. Right. And so I'm going to do the best that I can and like take precautions. But like, I'm going to go on the trips that I have planned. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't love that. But also, you know, you have to, I, I can't make you do things that you don't want to do. And again, it really shouldn't be our, it shouldn't be everybody's responsibility to do this. No, right. It, well, that, <laughs> there that's was the a thing. better way. That we there there was a better way. And other countries did do it better. And, 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 and it's, and, and I also like the, you talk about the Omicron stuff, like it's stressful for, for me, like for mental health, like, because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm flying home, um, uh, to my parents' house tomorrow. Yeah. Um, you know, they're in their seventies. Um, they've been triple vaxxed. Um, they've been taking all the precautions. A very good friend of theirs has been in the hospital since before Thanksgiving with uh, COVID pneumonia. She's probably not going to make it, and which is devastating. And, um, you know, and, and she, I don't know if she had the booster or not, but she definitely had, you know, uh, I, I think she did actually, you know, but they, they, they've lost friends. And so they're concerned. Um, but then I'm concerned about my, my, my own thing. I'm like, okay. I am obviously going to be, and I, I'm triple vaxxed and, and I'll be wearing my mask on the plane and everything, but I don't know about everybody else. And with how contagious stuff is, like, I do have like this fear. I'm like, I don't want to infect anyone. But at the same time, it's like this weird thing is like, I, after I, I didn't see them for, you know, 18 months and, and that was devastating too. So you know, you have like this weird, like kind of like trade-off thing. It's like, what do you do? You know, like, like it, it's, it's stressful because you don't want to put people in harm's way, but at the same time, kind of like your parents wanting to go on their trips. I'm, for me at a certain point, I'm like, all right, I can take all the precautions I can. And I, I can know that I'm, I'm feeling well and I don't want to obviously get anyone sick, but is, is the better op- is the better option to not see people because that feels worse in some ways. Absolutely. Hey, Brett. yeah. Um, I, 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 I'm glad you had a good conversation. I don't know what it was about. I got distracted. <laughs> I was reading. So I had read about log for Java or log for shell. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I had, I had understood like in general what the vulnerabilities were but uh brian posted a link that actually goes into a lot more detail about uh-huh what hey, like this is it's, it's real fucking bad it's fascinating that this hasn't been a problem until like that no one noticed this before this is some this is some just blatantly bad programming it, it is and and i i want to be so we're going to talk about this um do we need to do a sponsor break first yeah hey okay I wrote I wrote up the uh, the first sponsor read so that it didn't have any of my personal stuff in it. And if you want to take it, I would be much obliged. All right. So this episode is brought to you by Bespoke Post. And uh, this winner, upgrade your daily routine with Bespoke Post and their new seasonal lineup of must-have 
Box of Awesome Collections. I love the name Box of Awesome. Bespoke Post uh, partners with small businesses and emerging brands to bring you the most unique goods every month. So no matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered. From winter cocktails like that to cozy threads and camping gear essentials, which would be good for people who live in the Pacific Northwest. Um, uh, You know, uh, Box of Awesome has collections for every part of your life. To get started and find the right box for you, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories, and it's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or you can cancel any time at no cost. And each box costs only 45 bucks, but it has over $70 worth of gear inside. Plus, with each box of awesome, you are supporting small businesses and uh, 90% of everything that comes in your box of awesome is from a small up-and-coming brand. I love that. So you can get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code OVERTIRED at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code OVERTIRED for 20% off your first box. They have uh, they have new boxes like... Uh uh music and kitchen nice and like some of their stuff like they have boxes for people who drink and smoke and and i don't do either of those things anymore uh but i'm I'm super curious to try the music boxes i love music stuff even if i'm not listening to music anymore i still like the gear totally i run into that too but like i'm not listening to music hardly at all anymore and it's a thing I'm trying to figure out a balance for because I listen to so many podcasts all of the time. Right. Yeah, no, that is a weird thing where like and and I don't know if you noticed this Brian like um you you used to commute in for your are you still working from home? Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm still working from home and I've been like working from home permanently, but I used to drive a lot for work. Right. Right. And I don't know about you, but like for me when I had that like commute time that was my podcast or audiobook time. And mm-hmm. so the rest of my listening was like music. And now because I don't have like that, you know, like, you know, hour and a half a day or whatever, like my music time, it, it becomes more difficult, I guess, because I probably do listen to more podcasts and other stuff. Absolutely. I, I agree. A hundred, 110%, which I've learned is one of my catchphrases. 110%. <laughs> I say that all the time, but yeah, I don't, I don't know when to figure out to listen to music because like I get caught in this, like, well, I have to listen to it in the right mode. I can't just be doing other things at the same time. And yeah, I have two things to tell you and I'll try not to be long winded. No, first, go for it. uh, audio books. I, 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 I just finished my second time through, uh, fall or dodge in hell, uh, and the main character gets his brain like scanned after he dies and gets put into like a digital world. And he's the first one there and he becomes God. But then another person comes in, kicks him out and he becomes the fallen angel, like the devil. And it's this whole world that it's, it's bizarre. And then I went backwards and th- that was by Neil Stevenson. So I, I picked up an older book of his called Reemdi, which is read me misspelled. Um, <laughs> And I didn't realize it, but I'm getting started and it's the same characters, but before they were dead and it's a real trip. Um, wow. It's weird weird to read it in reverse. That, that, that's, um, okay. So were you supposed to read it in the opposite order? They were published in the opposite order. So ideally, yes. Um, I just, 
it's like one's in the real world and one isn't. So it's almost incomparable, but it's like getting the origin story. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say. A hero. No, I was going to say, I love that. I remember a completely like different genre, but I remember one of the first Freddie Snellis books I read was, was not his first book, Less Than Zero. And I think it was Rules of Attraction was the first one I read, but there was a reference to some of the less than zero characters. And I remember when I read less than zero being like, oh yeah, okay, that's where that person comes from. And then his other books, like uh, characters show up in Glamorama and um, An American Psycho and stuff like that. But uh, that's always fun. I think when you do the inverse of what you're supposed to do, where you're like, oh, okay, this is the origin story of this character that I experienced in this other way. Story of my life. Yeah, which also, funnily enough, character from Story of My Life is in Glamorama, but that's even different authors. Like, I feel like you shouldn't have anal sex until you've had vaginal sex, unless you're gay, and that's like, and that's your your option. But <laughs> I'm like, totally about to be like, what is happening? For, 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 for a straight man, like, I, I feel like anal isn't interesting until you've had vaginal. Personal opinion, <laughs> don't at me. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, because I did okay. it backwards, and and oh, and oh, interesting. I, yeah, it it. I, I feel like it. My my experience would have been different if I had a little more background. That said, the other thing I was going to tell you was was not about anal sex. <laughs> it was That's amazing. This is the best thing. I've <laughs> I was going to say I cannot believe. That. I was like, I'm learning so much. This is really interesting. It was last night. My girlfriend says to me, my girlfriend says she says. I think I would like Adele, at which point I realized she hadn't heard Adele. Um, oh. And and I'm not like a diehard fan, but I I I love and respect Adele. And yeah. so I, I we started with uh rolling in the deep, just you know Yes. Get, you you gotta go with the greatest. With the, yeah. with the greatest hits. And and she was like, Oh yeah, I have heard this, but we gave it a good listen. And then we moved on uh, through 21 and into whatever that 30 is that the new one mm-hmm. um, and got just a kind of a broad range of Adele. And I realized in the process, like her voice is better than I ever realized. Um, yes. It is. It, it's phenomenal. Like it, it's 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 chilling to listen to. Um, yeah. So I have a newfound respect for Adele, and it's the first time I've actually sat and intentionally listened to music in a long time. It was kind of fun. I would love to hear Brian's take on this because you are actually the vocal like master of the three of us. Um, I, yeah, I love I love Adele. I I let me say this: I love Adele's voice. I think one of the things that is really amazing is with Adele. She's an incredible example of how a voice matures as you get older and that there, that you can discover like depths and colors and tones that you didn't have access to before. And I think that's what we're hearing in 30, which mm-hmm. is uh, a really special opportunity uh, to do with somebody like Adele, because it's so rare that you have artists like Adele. Another great example of this is Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. who has continued to mature but like we don't see so many artists anymore that we get to sort of really chart them right their entire time um and that they've 
I mean, Adele's been doing this for us for like over 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the first time most of us heard her, I certainly the first time I ever heard her was she was on Saturday Night Live in 2008, the episode that Sarah Palin um, uh, hosted, which was one of the, the most viewed episodes ever because, you know, that was the same season that Tina Fey was doing her impression. And um, uh, and, that, and that was the episode where, where Amy Poehler famously had the rap in the weekend update, which was just like <laughs> she was so pregnant. And she was just like going at it um but um yeah you know she was the musical guest for that episode which talk about pressure i mean i can't even imagine you know you have like i, I think it was one of the highest rated episodes of the, the show it had in, in years and years and uh she nailed it and i remember watching it with grant and being like holy shit who is this you know and just being like okay well i'm a fan now and you're right you know we've been but watching her for, you know, four albums and it's like her voice has matured and gotten better. And I, uh, I was making a comparison to my mom, um, uh, to Barbara Streisand and my mom was kind of disagreeing a little bit, but I was able to, I think maybe pull her in to me. Like she does remind me of Barbara in the sense that like both of them at very young ages had very mature voices, but their voices did improve, like you said, and kind of grow over time. The difference being it'd be like what and Barbara Streisand was huge, obviously, in, in, in the 70s and stuff. But like imagine if Barbara Streisand was like the biggest star in the world, which I think yeah. is interesting about her because she's got this amazing talent and this like truly amazing gift. And the type of music that she sings and the stuff that she does like is not even the typical like diva, like Whitney Houston, Christina Aguilera, like mariah carey like those type of vocal goddesses thing like it's a different type of voice and you know what i mean like like it is this kind of older throwback voice that we haven't had in our generation like i i I can't think of anybody i think you're forgetting about chad kruger okay I mean, uh, you know, look at this photograph. Of course, I I, I am forgetting about uh, about. Oh my god, I didn't I didn't think you would know who that was, and I I was going to get the fun of explaining Nickelback to you, but oh no, no, I I too smart for me. I I I unfortunately know Nickelback. Uh, This is how you remind me, bitch. I had to look that up on Wikipedia. I was like, this this it feels like we need a Nickelback joke at this point. So I I went to Wikipedia, did the homework, and turns out it was you did the homework. Well, for for the audience, don't don't listen to Nickelback. But um, uh, you well, know, I uh, told you all about the time. Just as a side note, for please, like really bands you do not need to listen to, um, we're gonna add Creed into that group. Yes, uh, oh my fucking god, yes. I was However, just watching New Girl last night, and she's dating a guy who's been to like forty eight Creed shows, and to me, that's a red flag. Huh? <laughs> I in two thousand and nine. Uh, so this would have been it wasn't a 2009 no 2003 sorry let's go much further back i'm in college went to i think maybe my first pride ever in cleveland and they were having a talent show called like um cleveland pride pride rainbow idol and i won cleveland pride rainbow idol by singing creed's arms wide open <gasps> that's amazing <laughs> that is amazing especially because i had no idea that they were a christian band at the time oh yeah but, well yeah well, well they were christian-esque yeah uh, was was the whole thing um so i knew people who like a guy that i used to work with this was way back in the day like used to like his cousin was in creed at one point and whatnot and i used to hear stories about what a dick uh what was his name scott staff was 
But my favorite story ever was when the people on speaking of like asshole like trolls, like when you're in college, I'll never forget this. I remember this happened on Live Journal. It was like peak Live Journal. Was this girl met him at a bar at an airport and gave him her friend's number and the friend started texting with him and got him to have his sister drive him to a Denny's in some like part of Florida, like an hour and a half away from where he was, like to hook up for a booty call. And all of these college kids showed up at the Denny's and like took photographic evidence of like picking up like this, you know, kind of like, you know, like coked out, like drunk Scott staff, like looking for some girl to hook up with. And then I think some other girl wound up like taking him home, didn't do anything with him. And, but he was just like, scrounging for like wanting drugs and stuff and she just like let him sleep it off like at her apartment or whatever and then like he, he went back the next day i i don't remember all the details of the story except that it was like peak live journal in college so that was like one of the most amazing things i ever remember about creed that was amazing that was so amazing <laughs> oh my gosh speaking of live journal literally still have a friend today that i made on live journal that i've never met in person but now i love that we now live just like a couple hours away because they live, well, not a couple, but they live in San Francisco. Uh, but when we became friends on LiveJournal, they were living in, like, Sweden. <laughs> That's so cool. Like, LiveJournal is, like, my one, my first true, like, social media, like, love. Absolutely. Yeah, like, I agree. Like, and, it, and it was one of the only ones that had, like, it had shit right. Like, you, the way that the friends list worked and the way that you could make things that were only viewable to some people and the way that, you know, like, the, the way the feed worked. Like, it was I it was thought, really ahead of its time. I never used LiveJournal. I thought it was, like, Blogger. Is it, like, a whole social network? Was it? Kind of. Kind of. So you could use it like Blogger. But the way that it started was uh, was, was Brad um, uh, Fitzpatrick, who um, I've because of LiveJournal, I've known for 20 years now. Um, he created it to keep up with his college friends and for people to kind of check in with one another. And so the idea would be like, you had a blog, but you could also be friends with people and you would see on your friends list their posts. So it's kind of like a Tumblr dashboard. Yeah, I was going to say, um, it sounds like Tumblr. Yeah, Tumblr ripped off a lot of stuff with it. But one of the differentiating things was, is you could also choose whether you wanted to make a post private friends only, or if you only wanted to show it to a select group of friends. And that was really unique. They also had communities uh, pretty early on so that you could also be part of communities. So it was sort of a hybrid, kind of like, almost like like Facebook groups, um, uh, you know, but but earlier where people could could post, you know, messages and, and posts that would appear to community members in your feed. It was um, like Tumblr really was kind of like a, a, a different kind of I guess, take on it. But then it did have, you know, if you just wanted to use it as a blog, it was a Perl-based blogging system. So um, it was, uh, but, but I, I think it, it, I think it predated Blogger. And if it didn't predate Blogger, like they were literally at the same time, but they were, they were slightly different because Blogger never had the network effect. So like oftentimes you would meet people, at least how I met people, is that you would have people on your friends list and then you would see them comment on stuff or maybe they would, you know, to link to someone's post or you would go to their feed, like, and you could view like their, their feed, like at least the public stuff. And you'd be like, oh, this person looks interesting. I'm going to add them as a friend. And because the, the internet was slightly different then, I mean, it was still terrible, but it was slightly different. It was smaller. Like you could, you know, meet people like 
and, and find interesting people who live in places like Sweden who might have similar interests as you. And like I became friends with Brad who created it because I followed his blog, obviously, because he was, you know, that was another concept. You have people who you could be followers, you could usuals where you would both show up or you could just follow someone and see their posts. And um, I remember like, we, you know, we became friends in the comments of his blog and I, I wound up dating two of his college roommates. Um, and uh, we've remained friends for 20 years. And like, it's just, it's just crazy to me. Like there are, there are other people in my life too, that I've met through, through live journal, but it's, it's crazy to me. Like, like you, Brian, like, like there are people that there are people who I still have never met in person or I've met only once, but have remained like had online, you know, friendships with that. I, that were reading my, my shit when I was a high school student. I found my live journal. Oh my God. <laughs> like just now, like you could put it in the show notes. I could put it in the show notes. Wow. Oh my God, I may have to do that. This is, this is, this is wild. I have to read through so it and cool. decide whether I want to. Yeah, I was going to, I was going to say, read through it. <laughs> this was one of the other nice things about LiveJournal. By default, it was not indexed by Google. Like, and you yep. would have to opt into it, which huge when your primary demographic is like teenagers or young adults, because like all of my life journal is just like high school, like senior of high school through like like college angst. So a lot of mine is just like drama sort of bullshit and stuff that I would not want people to, you know what I mean? Like I, I, at this point, I, enough time has passed. I don't think I'd care, but it was my diary. You know what I mean? And so if it, 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 it's not the sort of thing you'd want somebody to Google and find. Um, and so it did, but it didn't have that feature. It was also, um, are, are you familiar with Memcached, Brett? Yeah. Okay, so so Brad created MemcacheD because he needed to find a way to scale LiveJournal and keep it online. Oh, that's cool. He was, you know, a college kid who created this thing that then became this this massive, massive social network. Um, and this is before you had people who would just give you tens of millions of dollars for that idea. So um, for the for the first four or five years of its life, it was completely self-funded. They had um, invites. That was how they had to scale at a certain point. So you had to get, you had to either pay for an invite code or someone had to invite you. You had to buy like a premium plan of like $15 a year or something. And, and that was how they paid for servers. Um, but uh, it was, uh, but Memcached was, was created so that it would basically not sh like fall apart. And, uh, and that's one of my favorite stories about it is that like this very important thing that, is responsible for most of like the the modern like like web 2.0 thing was you know something that brad created out of necessity for a live journal that that yeah, was quite yeah. the quite the little journey we just went on there we, we did we hit we one did. Of, we hit one of uh christina's magic buttons <laughs> um um we did not yeah. so our show notes did not include anal sex our show nope. notes did not include creed or nickelback <laughs> Our show notes did not include live journal. This has been, this show is, it's a beast of its own. It is, it is. But, but we did, have, we, we, we touched on this a little bit, but I want to talk more about this because I'm shocked that Brett didn't know more about this until now. Log, log, log for Jay, log for, log for Shell. Um, Brian, how, how shitty has your work week been because of this? Honestly, um, not too terrible. And I think that's been because we, again don't use too much java but also most of the java we use is completely internal okay and so we were really lucky in that case um amazingly 
uh, Atlassian's products don't even use Log4j 2.0. They're still on like 1.7. Oh, wow. So we were safe. <laughs> you were safe. Yeah. I and mean, there was, if you had something enabled, there could be earlier versions. Yes, but we did, the, not the, have you did not have that enabled. Yeah, no, but you were you were talking, Brett, like it's just bad coding, and you're not wrong. I mean, like I I don't want to like shit on the the the, the you know volunteers who've created and, and maintained this library because that's I don't want to like put in the blame game. But I found in Hacker News like you could actually go back and you can find the feature request for the feature that enabled all of this terribleness. And and why they added it, and it is sort of a, a scary thing to look at and be like, "Wow, this was not a good idea, like at all." Yeah, it's I'm, a great example. Go ahead, Brad. It's just like, as far as I can tell, everything could be mitigated by using the right function call for for print statements. Uh, like it just seems I don't know why they made made the decisions they did in the original code. It also doesn't seem like it's that hard to patch. I think the concern is mostly no it's getting not. the getting the patch out there. Right, and then the, and then the first patch was flawed. How so? True. Um, there 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 was some other zero to vulnerability that they found in the first patch. At the first ah. first they put out two dot one five o dot o. They, they immediately had to be like, no, 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 no. Somebody found a zero day in that. And, and so. I hate that. I, I've yeah. had days where I've put out like four incremental releases within two hours just because some things just never get caught until you put them out see the light of day. No, no, totally. But the scary thing is, is that when you're talking about something that is used by like tens of millions oh, sure. of websites, you know what I mean? So, so you've got this weird Are thing. Are you where saying tens of millions of people don't use my software? I am saying that it's true. Um, um, it's I, all of I, billions, right? yeah, it, 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 there, there you go. It's tens of billions that we don't yeah. even, it's, it's more people than exist on the planet. Are if using I this had summer. 10 billion users, I wouldn't be here talking to you people. Nope, nope. <laughs> fucking, fucking well said, but yeah, but the, um, it's, um, yeah, that this is just, uh, it's real fucking bad. Well, it's really interesting because. Uh, I was reading a lot of great stuff on Twitter about just how oh, this like, talks about how open source is really kind of amazing and terrifying at the same time. Yes. <laughs> yes. It, it, it's sorry. Go on. No, it's be, like this is so big in like people use this everywhere and it's maintained by volunteers who mm -hmm. oftentimes end up being the maintainers because they happen to be around when somebody asks. Right. Someone's like, I'm done. What will you do this? And they're like, I guess. And that that works at all is really amazing. But like, it gives me better understanding for the value of companies sponsoring and hiring people specifically for the job of working on open source projects and maintaining them. You know, the, the idea, like I was reading an article about somebody who works at Google who now gets paid to like, all they do is work on open source and like maintain open source projects because it's a value to Google who uses those open source projects to make sure that they're well maintained. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, and it, it's okay. So what pisses me off about this is, is not like uh, that, that it happened and, and how poorly, you know, the code might have been written or whatnot. 
But the fact that like we had this instance with Heartbleed seven and a half years ago with the yep. open open SSH um, uh, 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 law, which was massive. And I, I will give the people behind Heartbleed so much kudos because having the name and the logo really, really fucking helped. Same thing with Shellshock. Um, but but um, in, in this case, you know, we have like the fun kind of like a made in MS Paint logo. But like, Brett, we're going to talk about this in a second. The fact that you work at Oracle and you haven't even heard that much about this to me is a problem because this is way worse um, in terms of what you can do with it than the open SSH bug was. It's not going to be as ubiquitous as 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 uh, Heartbleed. But when Heartbleed happened, like Mashable of all places. Now, granted, some of it was an SEO play. We'll not make any bones about that. But a lot of it was a we genuinely wanted to help people update their passwords and make sure that sites they used were were updated play. Like I had tons and tons of people because we maintained a huge database of um, a list of sites that were vulnerable or weren't. And I had people reaching out to me who worked at those sites and like, hey, we patched now. Can you, you know, update, you know, this this list and whatnot. And and we we led like a, a very mainstream site in 2014, like led coverage on that sort of thing. Whereas we haven't seen at least I haven't seen other than Twitter and, and my own kind of, you know, like hacker news, like there hasn't, it's not, I went on TV a ton of times to talk about Heartbleed. I haven't seen anybody talking about, you know, um, Log for Shell on, um, on cable news, which considering how bad it is, the problem. But to your point, like what, what pisses me off is that when that happened, like the Linux Foundation created this like, um, like core infrastructure projects, and I think it's now called something else where they were like, okay, for these really important core infrastructure tools on the web, we're going to make sure that they have funding because what we discovered with Heartbleed was that OpenSSH, which is, in, in to be completely like honest, like way more important of a library than, than, than Log4j, um, was, was being like, you know, uh, part-time maintainers and people who weren't getting paid to do it. And, and that, you know, was when it's this massive security pinning of, of the web is, is a problem. And so, Linux Foundation, some other people were like, okay, we're going to make sure that, that these projects are funded. Now, Log4j, just because of its ubiquity, it's almost like, I, I have to question, like, okay, well, there was a really good uh, tweet thread from um, a security expert who was like, okay, why do we still not have a database somewhere that's just saying, okay, these are the most in-use, like, open source projects and libraries. Not saying anything about even, like, like how secure they are or whatnot, but like these are the things that are, are in use in most places. And maybe even like a, a, an analysis, like what's the funding situation? Is this people who are able to work on it full time? Is this, you know, like a volunteer thing? What's the deal? So you could at least eyeball and say, because we're never going to be able to catch all of the things that people use. It's amazing that this shit doesn't happen more often, but it'd be like useful to be like, okay, 15 million websites use this one thing. Maybe that's a sign that that there should be, you know, like some sort of money set aside so that it can have a security audit every so often, right? Like, I, I, I just, it, it's annoying to me that that hasn't happened when it feels like that would be, rather than getting into the discussions of governance and this and that and, and you know, like whether or not open source is sustainable or this or that, like, which are all good things to have, but it feels like you could get rid of some of the low-hanging fruit if you simply could eyeball these are the most used things. So this should be a sign for us to focus on, like, are there security audits available for these projects? Um, so in defense of Oracle, I, 
I use AI to filter the emails I receive from work. So I only see what's important. Um, and I mute all, but like vital Slack channels. And I basically like something like this can happen at Oracle and I, I would not even realize it. In fact, Victor's the one who pointed, pointed the whole thing out to me. Um, cause he tracks this shit, but I just That's logged funny. into Slack. And huh. there, there are multiple channels dedicated to this on okay. the Oracle Slack. They are <laughs> okay, okay. And they have like five, five blog posts about it. Like they're on it. It's, it's just okay. me. Okay, that makes me feel so much better, Brian. Does that make you feel better? The stewards it of Java are taken seriously. Yes, it does. <laughs> they probably have a public Slack about it too. They just started dipping yeah. their toes into public Slacks. I'm having oh, to use my authenticator app to load up Oracle's security documents and see, let's see, affected products. Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit. I'm going to, I'm going to send you a screen cap. I can only imagine. I, yeah, I seriously, I can only imagine. This I mean, is, I'm dropping it into Skype. Uh, I can never remember how to get, you, they moved the chat button all the time. I know. Okay, this is page one of five. And then it break, It goes into Oracle products not requiring patches, and that is a shorter list. Yeah, it's nuts. It's crazy. Wow. No, I mean, so it's funny because this it, it was initially discovered in, in Minecraft servers. And so that was why, like, in, in one of our open source channels, it came up when we were, like, getting some of our Java people on it because we didn't know how widespread it was. Because at first we were like, oh shit, is this a Minecraft thing? And we were probably like internally like, another day, another Microsoft security fuck up, whatever. And then it was like, <laughs> oh shit, no, this isn't us at all. Like at all. Um, right. And, and uh, you know, and everybody had to patch, like Backblaze had to like took themselves offline for like seven hours to apply the patching. Um, like, fuck. Yeah, honestly, I it's it's absolutely wild, just absolutely wild. And talking about patching, um, do we want to touch on uh, how our freaking M1 Max are? Yeah, let's talk about M1 Max. Yeah, should yeah. we should we should we do our our next sponsor brief? Oh yeah, I'll do one. I'll do one. I'll take the, I'll take the hit. Um, hey listeners, if you're carrying a credit balance month after month, like maybe you bought 47 Creed tickets when you were younger and you're still <laughs> paying it off, or or maybe you put a really expensive Adele concert on your credit card. Yes. It can feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of debt with no end in sight. Upsert can help you make that final payment so you can get ahead. Upsert is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high-interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upsert to get a simple fixed monthly payment. As I've mentioned before, Upsert helped me get rid of high-interest debt and get back to a solid credit rating. So I'm not just the president of reading ad spots. I'm also a customer. I just realized yes. how age specific that reference is. <laughs> Ask your parents. We, all <laughs> we did. We did. Anyway, I got a loan approved. I got my money the next day and I'm saving thousands of dollars on what I would have paid in interest on my credit card debt. With a five minute online rate check, you can see your rate upfront for loans between $1,000 and $50,000 
and you can have your money in a day or two. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash overtired. That's upstart.com slash overtired. Don't forget to use our URL so they know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. It's not an invasive application, though. Don't worry. Go to upstart.com slash overtired. Take care of your debt today. Yes. Talk to me about your M1 Mac woes. Oh, my gosh. So um, I guess this may have started like a month or two ago, and I don't know what started it, but I would come in in the morning um, and open up my computer and it would have rebooted and I would log in and there was a, there was a kernel panic that had happened. So your computer restarted because of a problem. And I didn't think too much of it a couple of times. Like it's in the morning I came back in, I, everything sort of started back up. So it wasn't a problem. But then a couple of times I'd be sitting in front of my computer and the following thing would happen. Suddenly I was not connected to the internet anymore. Um, but it looked like I was connected to the internet, uh, things, then the computer, then the applications would stop responding slowly and it'd be like one application after another would start to beach ball. And then sometimes it would go ahead and reboot itself and then it would come back up and there'd be kernel panic again. I have tried to capture these logs and that's the other thing that happens is when this starts to happen. If you try to open up activity monitor and like look at the or open up console, you can't pull like you can't stream logs at the same time. Like it's not capturing anything. Um, and then one thing I noticed this last time was that literally like I went to the network connections and they had all disappeared. And I've done safe mode. I've done everything and can't figure out what's going on. Literally reinstalled the OS without doing the wipe of the data. But you know. It, no clue what's going on and it seems like i'm not the only one that's been having some woes with m1 yeah i uh a couple weeks now i keep getting the the force quit dialogue comes up and says i've run out of memory Mm. but when you add up all of the uh memory usage that it shows in the force quit dialogue it's i'm using like maybe four gigs of ram total and but everything stops and like it eventually everything locks up and I have to reboot the machine. And I don't know why it happens. It always seems to happen when the computer isn't being used. Like this always, mm. this is always when yeah. I come in, I'll like hit my magic trackpad and it won't click. Like the, yeah. the, uh, what's it called? Tech, tech, tactile feedback, haptic, haptic, feedback. haptic. Yeah. the haptic feedback won't click. And I'll, that's how I know that it's, it's starting. Uh, and then I'll hit my keyboard and it'll take like 30 seconds for the screen to come up. And then I'll have that force quit dialogue. And I, I just, I've been forced rebooting it cause it's not worth waiting and trying to do a, a proper shutdown. Um, but I haven't seen kernel panics, but I've definitely, this is getting frustrating and I'm on the verge of buying a MacBook pro because in my head that would solve it Buy another M one machine. It'll be fine. If you spend a newer processor, at least, you know, (laughs) I have, I mean, but I did hear about that problem that people were having with the latest, um, install of, uh, the upgrade of Monterey, the latest patch of Monterey where people couldn't install that. Yeah. Yeah, That was me. I had a fun time with that. Yeah. I had a real fun time with that. Actually, that was a real, that was a real fun time where, uh, 
um, tweets turned into a nine to five Mac article. Um, but the, which is hilarious, but, um, uh, the, the good news about that was that there was actually a solution in the comments. Well, that's good. Um, it, it was, uh, it was like, it was like the, 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 um, like upgrade brain service or something like that, that, that ended up needing to be quit. Like it was hanging for some reason. And so you had to like open system preferences to have the update that wouldn't list. Then you had to shut down a certain force, put a certain process. Then the update would show up. Then you'd start the update, but you'd have to like hit the stop button because it wouldn't download. And then you could restart it again and then it would finally work. But yeah, um, there's a, the, the hardware is real fucking good. Uh, the, the software, there've been some, there've been some bugs. Yeah. Go ahead, Brett. Are you going to get a new computer, Brian? So, Brett, I don't know where I would fund that new computer from, uh, is the problem. Have you ever Uh, heard of Upstart? (laughs) I mean, again, my Upstart is my boyfriend, and he would be like, listen, why do you need a new computer? And Mm -hmm. I'd be like, well, here's the problem. And he'd be like, well, can't you uh, literally send it back and probably get it replaced? And I'm like, yes, but I don't want to go back to my work. I use my... Like this, I use this for everything, um, and I don't want to use my work like Intel MacBook Pro. Though I could, until right? I got the replacement. Yeah, I mean, you do have two weeks off. That's true. I could do that, and I mean, luckily, as you thought, if you thank you so much for your help. But like, several people have been like, "Hey, if it happens again, I'm glad to help you." You know, and see what's going on. And I have a friend who's a genius who's like, "Here's how you get somebody." to like literally get you a new computer if you need to like an so, apple genius or a literal genius like an apple genius no my boyfriend is the literal genius actually literal genius. nice um, he's a literal genius that's the, the title of this genius. episode it's just literal genius <laughs> or a beginner's rocket- guide to anal sex i can't decide <laughs> honestly i think that one is <laughs> yeah i was gonna say that's Wait, the one beginner's, beginner's guide, guide to, anal to anal sex with literal geniuses yeah oh <laughs> A literal genius's guide to anal sex. <laughs> the literal genius's guide to anal sex, which is, in, in, in Brett's terms, if you're not gay, don't do it first. Um, if, you have, if you have other options, explore other avenues, literally. Ex- explore other holes first. Uh, There's lots of other holes, many options, many entrances and exits. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, I mean, I am actually trying to get work to get me a new MacBook Pro. Mm-hmm. Uh, the situation there is that work is like still working through how they make Apple more sustainable than PCs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they know what the numbers are, but like we know we can talk about what IBM has done and so on and so forth. But that's at a scale that we're not at yet. Right. Right. And so, and yeah. also, I was going to say, if you do get them to pay for it, make sure you don't mention the issues you've been having with your M1 Mac Mini. Oh, I absolutely will not. None of them <laughs> listen to this podcast. Um, no, they should, uh, because this podcast is amazing, and it's so nerdy, and literally everybody I work with is nerds, and it's the best. But, yeah, so that's currently my goal. I, I guess if I have to, I can have them swap this out, but then what if the next one has the same problem? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. It's mm-hmm. like, I, I, I went and priced out a MacBook Pro that would meet my standards, um, like, to, to be a step up for me. And I'm looking at four grand. Mm-hmm. and and I, I need I need assurances that this isn't an this isn't just an M1 issue, and that if I spend right. four grand, I'm going to get a machine that does not suffer from these issues. Yeah, 
I need, can I get a truck? Will they loan me one for a while? No. That's what I'll do. I'll get work to get me a new M1 MacBook Pro. I'll use it just enough to decide if it works because I refuse to use an Oracle provision machine as a daily driver. Mm-hmm. Um, their, their provisioning is um, brutal. What's the word I'm looking for? Dick, d- draconian. 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 Man, that took me a second to grab. But um, but maybe I could use it as a free trial. Yeah. Well, you, you but you are literally a business. Mm-hmm. You can work with like Apple's business people. What does that mean? And, uh, you can get things like on. They do leasing that way. Oh. They do all sorts of interesting things. Um, I know that's how. Like I know Casey and Marco have always done a bunch of things that way with the computers that they've gotten um, often is to work through the, the, the business folks because they have a whole bunch of set things that they can do that like you can't do if you're just like on the ground. Do I have to have a business like license, like registered? Because I have always uh, operated under the name BrettHerpshire.com, but I've never registered as any kind of uh, LLC or anything. I don't know. Yeah, they, 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 might, they might ask, but in most cases... Okay, so I know if you want to get a business bank account, you need to have like the tax ID number. But for tax purposes, if you're a one person LLC, it is actually no different. Like you don't technically need to have like the the you know business license thing. Um, so probably not if you're saying you do business under that thing. You, if you're yeah. a single person yeah. LLC, you probably don't. I, sell, I know that I sell Apple software under bank. that name, so. Yeah. Oh, well then, then, yeah, then there you go. Cause I was going to say, cause, cause that my LLC that I had to do when I did, um, the, the times podcast last year, and it was enough of a thing that I was like, okay, I have to have a business account. I needed to separate some stuff for that. Um, I, I went through the registration process, but I really literally only had to register so that I could get the business banking account. Like that was literally the only reason that I did that. Cause I wanted to, to get, um, uh, I didn't want it. I wanted like a separate, a, a, a separate banking account what are we going to talk about now (laughs) we have like we have two minutes left i haven't i started watching frazier again last night because i was so tired because you're so tired just like nothing else made sense you're like i can't watch nancy sell drugs on weeds anymore because she's so bad at it no (laughs) and even like we've been doing like we've been watching new girl uh just for shits and giggles but even that was like too much for me last night so we just started watching fraser again from episode one i don't think i'll continue i don't think i'll watch the whole thing again i don't have the fascination with it that my girlfriend does but it is a good comfort show but i haven't seen a good movie for i can't remember the last good movie i saw yeah i really want to see spider-man but i'm not i don't want to go to the movie theater i have heard i've heard good things about spider-man as a vibe, but I'm just I'm afraid to go to the movie theater. Like that this is the this is the fucked up thing. I'm like, if I weren't going, you know, to to visit my parents and a baby, then it'd be one thing. But because I am oh, like Dune. You oh, said yeah, movie you theater, go. and I realized like I, I really kind of wanted to see Dune in the theater after watching it on my home theater. Um, but I didn't want to go to a theater badly enough to do that. But Dune was a good movie though. I still I have yeah. seen a good movie. Okay, you have. Okay, so you've seen June. Also, literally next week, we get The Matrix Resurrection. <gasps> yes. And you can watch it at home because it's on HBO Max. Do you have high Which, hopes? 
so um, here's what I will say. My literal favorite critic at large, Emily Vanderwerf, yeah, says it's really freaking fun and a good time, and many people will love it, and many people will hate it. So. Yeah, I, I I saw Emily's um uh, tweet and I was like, okay, well that makes me feel better. Yeah. However, um, uh, it's still one of those things where I'm like, I don't know, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, look, I love the original. It's a great film. Um, it's fun. The second two are fucking gar- hot garbage, and. And anybody who tries to pretend otherwise is kidding themselves. Like progressively worse, though. Like the second one, yes, bearable. Uh, eh, was to it? Me, I I I still found it. It was kind of fun. Like I didn't end it and think, "Oh my god, that was amazing." Not like the first one. But it wasn't yeah. until the third one that they really lost me. To be honest, I don't really remember the second and third ones, which tells you how much how good it was. Well, this me. is my point, right? It, 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 which to me is honestly that the marker of a truly bad movie when you don't even remember it. Like, well, honestly. like There you go, because I don't remember it at all. I just remember not hating the second one as much as the third one. But I can't remember I anything about them. No, and I, and I would agree with that. The, the third one was definitely worse. They only got progressively worse. But this was one of those situations where I was just like, I remember, I remember, I think I was drunk when I saw the third one in the theater. And even that wasn't enough. Um, and and, yeah. and by drunk, I mean, like, we were pre-gaming in the car before we went to the movie theater. And then we brought beers in with us. And we were not the only people. And we were not the only people drinking in that movie theater. This is amazing. Have you all seen the Verge uh, interview with Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss? Yes. Oh, my God. It's so funny. Is that so the one funny. where he I'm... laughs about crypto? Oh, yes. my God. Or NFTs or whatever? Yes. 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 We're, yes. we're with Alex asking questions. And Carrie Ann's. She's just so over the whole thing. Oh my god, she can't stand it. She's like, well, whatever. Like, she's like, I'm gonna do what Keanu does. He's she's so chill. Like, she's so chill. And Keanu Reeves, that oh, man is such amazing. I, I love him. I want to yeah. be his best friend. Like, agreed. I just agreed. Hang out with Keanu Reeves and like talk very slowly about things. Did Did you see that uh, Buzzfeed asked him about sad Keanu? No. Oh no. And he was just hungry. <laughs> That's so relatable. Why is it really is the most relatable? I was gonna say I used to have I used to, I used to have a um a thing um on uh my desk at Nashville for many years. Our our our, uh, our art director at the time, our very one of our very first art directors, like we had memes and stuff, and he made me like he he printed out a sad counter thing and cut it out and like put it so that it was on like kind of like the top of like my my kind of cube area in the office. So I, he was like kind of perched on my uh, on my work area where i just had like a sad count of sitting like perched on my desk it was great um but i love that that he was just hungry like that's honestly he i love him he's honestly who would have thought that he would have been like the most like of all of like the 90s hunk like actors he would wind up being like the most relatable and the most nice and the most chill and the one that we're all like oh we love you yeah literally everything that man does is i mean can we talk about Speed? One of the great movies. Yeah, Speed is a great movie. And his chemistry with, with uh, Sandra Bullock, so fucking good. Sandra, so, Sandra Bullock used to do the best movies. Remember The Net? The Net was... See, I didn't oh like... God, I, never, I never had anything good to say about Sandra Bullock until she started doing comedies. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's a comedy Do actress. you remember Who Shot um, Pat? No. It was her first no. movie. It was hilarious. 
Um, but I do remember uh, while you were sleeping uh, with uh, Peter Gallagher and um, what was the one? The net, which is terrible, but also amazing. It exactly. means it's so bad. It's, also, like, it's so bad. Remember all of had like those bad internet movies, which like we yeah. still have bad internet movies, but like that was the greatest time because it was so bad, but also we were so starved. But we were about the internet. Yeah. Well, like, like, well, the fact that she was a hacker on a Mac in 1994 tells you everything <laughs> you need to know about like how bad that was. Like, she's oh hitting a, a pie symbol, and and it, but they they filmed some of it at like one of the Macworld expos in Boston or something, like the end scene, yep, I believe. I remember, yeah. Um, yeah, but but the proposal, good movie. Yeah. Um, great, great Sandra Bullock uh, comedy. Um. And um, what what are the what what's the uh, Miss Congeniality? Yeah. I, I like Miss Congeniality. That's a good film. I mean, I wouldn't say it was a good film, but it was it was. Well, it's funny. funny, right? Like, like you know, she she she's no Rose Barron, but like she's, but they're similar. You know what I mean? Like, I I think Rose Barron is funnier, but but they have a yeah, similar quality. She's, she's done so. One of the things that's so interesting about Bullock is she really has been in all types of movies. Yes, in a way that most people like. She like th- that's not doesn't happen as much anymore. Right, like, you're from, a tech from, ass. Yeah, from Minions to Gravity to The Blind Side. Yeah, she the, has an Oscar. Yeah, absolutely. Fifty films she started over the, the Prince of Egypt. I didn't even know she was in the Prince of Egypt. Which I didn't either. Favorite musical ever. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. That was that was a uh, like their their third animated or fourth animated. Uh, um, DreamWorks yeah. oh, thing, she right? Miriam. She was Miriam. So, uh, the older sister of Moses. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, no, I, um, I'm a big, uh, big, big fan um, of, of Keanu, big fan of, of Sandra Bullock and her comedies. Although I love Speed. I think Speed is just a fun movie. Speed <laughs> 2, again, hot garbage. I don't remember it other than seeing it in the theater. I was in like eighth grade and I was like, this is trash. I remember that was a bad summer because it was that, and it was, um, and it was Batman and Robin. And oh, Batman and Robin with the—that's the one with the nipples, right? Yep, with the nipples and with with with, with Alicia Silverstone, who I love so much, but who, um, she was like twenty and going through like the period that girls go in where you do not want to be in a skin tight suit. Like it's just yeah. not—it's just not the right time to be wearing that costume. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, the nipples, I mean, Clooney's apologized for it. And, um, I think it's why Clooney still has a career because <laughs> he was very funny about it and, and was like very apologetic. Um, and it was so Clooney about it that, I mean, you know, and, and honestly, if you think about it, like he probably would have been like the perfect Bruce Wayne in, in a better movie. You know what I mean? It's yep. kind of is Bruce Wayne. And now we're getting Edward from Twilight, <laughs> which I'm so here for. <laughs> yes. Um, he's so hot and, and true. He, I mean, he's genuinely so hot and I actually, I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm here for, for Robert Pattinson as, as the Batman, like Ben Affleck was never about it. I'm, I'm very, oh. ha- I like him again because Jennifer Lopez has rehabilitated him completely in my, in my mind, um, because she's magic and I do love them together, but, um, his whole thing with Batman, I was like, what is this bullshit? Like, like there, 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 there are three Batman, Batman to me. There, there's Michael Keaton, there's Christian Bale, and um, presumably now there will be Robert Pattinson, depending on on how it works out. But that's y'all, it. Do you, okay, so have y'all ever seen uh, the little Twitter video that is called "How Many Batman Do We Need"? 
No. I don't, I don't uh, think so. Okay. You should so, drop a link in. I'm going to. So Andrew Barth Feldman, who was the, uh, who was like the first like actual, uh, Dear Evan Hansen to play like the right age. He was like 16 and he got played on Broadway. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, he did this video that's called How Many Batman Do We Need? Like on Twitter. And it is the funniest thing. So, and I'm going to drop it in Skype for folks to watch I, it if we want. I found it. Okay. You got it. Yeah. Um, it is just the funniest little video um, because, yeah. We need to have a whole other podcast episode just talking about Dear Evan Hansen at some point. Uh, we absolutely could have a Dear Evan Hansen episode. My goodness, that show. I haven't watched the movie. I, I might, watched it. I might need a I week mean, off if you guys want to have a week. To- yeah, we could totally do that. I was going to say, because, um, yeah, uh, I, and I have my own personal like weirdness a, a, about that because um, uh, I used to work with one of the, one of the producers and um, I saw it in previews the day after they laid off 10% of the company, which was a weird, Ooh. which, so, so the whole, so it was tied up in a lot of like hard stuff. Um, yeah. but, but, but it's also, it's, it's a, it's a, it works on Broadway in a certain sense, although it's problematic as hell. The movie, you have to watch the movie because the movie is just, wow. <laughs> wow. It's oh just a God. lot. It's just a lot. So that'll be a future of retired when Brett takes off where, where Brian and I will just talk about, um, the, speaking of like bad movies although i would say it is one of those you will remember it, it, yeah. it it's, it's like a it's not like from justin to kelly bad but it is one of those like you will remember that you're like oh yeah that was not good like it it is it is uh, not like so bad that it's unmemorable like the last two matrix movies got it speaking of wow i was filling out show notes and i decided i would throw in a link to live journal that is possibly the worst website like just from usability, like it. Well, yeah, because the Russians bought it like fifteen years yeah. ago. You can't uh-huh. open the search in Firefox at all. I was going to look for Brian Guffey on on LiveJournal, and the search box doesn't open until you open it in like Chrome or Safari, and then every link you click opens a new tab. Like everything is open and a new tab, and then you go into these posts, and they're from today, but they look like they were written on Angel Fire. Like, this is yes. bad. How does this even still exist? Because the Russians bought it. And they're running ads on it. Yeah. Okay. Investment, man. Uh, yeah, wow. But people Investment are writing guru. here. Yeah, it is really wild that people are still there. But the, the, the only thing that I can say about a good thing about live journal is where I discovered fan fiction. Ooh, steamy. Honestly. But, like, specifically Harry Potter fan fiction. Mm-hmm. And not even like all like slash pick though. I have to say, like I am a true Draco Harry stan. Of course. Uh, <laughs> uh, but like it was, and I just actually recently started going back to some fan fiction because of everything with J.K. Rowling. Uh, there was a great article in Slate, which I will also link to, which is called "The Best Harry Potter um, Book Isn't Even Written by J.K. Rowling." <laughs> Yeah, fair, fair. No, I mean it is interesting. Yeah, um, we could do a whole episode just about all the like, the machinations that ha- all the things that happened at Live Journal because yeah. Brad sold it to Six Apart and then Six Apart yep. fell apart and then they I remember that's how I met Neil. Yeah, that's how I met Neil. Yeah, same, same. And um, that is also how I met Neil. And um, uh, do you remember the original Vox.com, which was 
their uh, their their blogging service that was kind of live journal, but it was supposed to be for adults. Uh, yeah. And then they sold the domain to obviously Box. Um, but yeah, uh, that yeah. Um, but it's um. Anyway, uh, it, the whole thing was uh, a mess. But the the fanfic stuff when they when Six Apart bought them, they it was kind of like when Tumblr got rid of porn, but way more dramatic and okay. we're and weirdly way lower stakes. Like honestly, if you really think about it, like there were still plenty of places that people could create communities around fan fiction, um, and and people had because LiveJournal was always open source, you know, created their own kind of instances. Uh, Tumblr getting rid of the porn, honestly, way bigger deal. Uh, but but the internet obviously reacted way more harshly to the to the live journal uh, um, uh, fanfic um, debacle, which fair because two thousand seven or something. I don't know. Did did Tumblr actually get rid of? Yes. Yeah. What is really? TumblrGallery.xyz? I don't know. I believe but... someone offloaded. Like I did a search for Tumblr porn, <laughs> and. And I got these links. I got nonewithbigcocks.tumblr.com, but the link actually goes to tumblrgallery.xyz, which appears to be like someone saved all the porn from Tumblr. Well, that's... Oh, I see this. Okay. Nice. Nice. Um, but yeah, this was like like two or three years ago uh, when Yahoo still owned it. They... And it's like dumb. It's like... Well, I remember they... it happening. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. They, they, this was like two or three years ago. They got rid of it, but they actually got rid of it. They even got rid of like, like people drawing naked people. Like, so yeah. it's not, you know, not, not even just like, 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 like big cocks, but like drawings of like naked breasts, which, okay. You know, it's like, you, you, you do realize the entire reason that Tumblr exists is because of like, that it had the traffic it has because of porn. I think I even wrote something when, when, um, when Yahoo bought Tumblr like 2012 or something, which was like, Marissa does know this is just a porn site, right? Like, I think that that was, I think that that was what my um, article was um, uh, for Mashable, which now I can't find because they nerfed the archives oh, in a weird yeah. way. Yeah. I mean, the archives are still there, but like, I can't Google it because they changed the slugs. And then they, when they did the archiving, they got rid of any of the paragraph spacing or HTML from the posts. So it's terrible. And then because they changed the URLs, it's difficult to even find the original in the, um, you know, Internet Archive because they did a redirect. So anyway, I can't find it. But I do I do recall writing something where I was like, she does realize that this is just a porn site, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Which is like, a, I mean, and now Matt Mullenweg owns it, which is wild. Yeah, I know. Two million dollars. Yeah. Also, like, I'm like, so Matt. Like, be a champion for the gay community and give us Tumblr porn back. Totally, totally. And he's like, nah. <laughs> but Twitter, honestly, like, really surprised. Twitter porn still definitely, like, I was going to say, tw Twitter yeah. porn is still definitely a thing. As long as you is mark it? your account NSF, yeah, as long as you mark your account NSFW, so it won't show up in search results, but like, you can still follow accounts and like, there's like, hell yeah. So I didn't much. know Absolutely. that. I feel like I should now, know that. Also, now, I hope all of those Twitter people. Like those, especially those accounts that aggregate stuff. Here's the deal: they need to sign up for Twitter Blue, and then yep. they can upload up upload ten minute versions. Yes. <laughs> Same thought. I was like, yeah, please, please. 
Nylon yeah. and spandex. Rubberfrog.tumblr.com. There's there's a wealth of of buried borderline pornographic images on these Tumblr uh ripoffs. Anyway, yeah. um Monster Cock Shemale. Not the not the title of this episode, but maybe next oh week. God. I mean, maybe a future episode. That would be good. <laughs> I would like that. That's amazing. Uh, this has been phenomenal. Um, and it's always wonderful to spend time with both of you. I love your voice so much, Brian. You can come and just talk to me anytime. Seriously, you have the greatest voice. <laughs> Gladly. We'd be happy to. Well, you can hear more of my voice now because I now have a podcast. That, that the podcast is out now it's called unsolicited fatties talk back um and it's available everywhere podcasts are available so check it out we deconstruct ad- advice columns about fat about that like are about or for fat people and then like put a fat liberation lens on it so it's pretty cool yeah, yeah. You, you, that was that was to be released last time you were on the show so yeah everyone can go check it out now yeah, we just dropped our fourth episode, which uh, downloads. I mean, I'm, I'm like so fascinated by downloads about podcasts and like who listens, because that thing was more than like that one got more traction than all the rest of our podcasts combined, which is pretty wild. That's great. Also, more people listen on Spotify than Apple Podcasts to our podcast, which is also interesting. Oh, that is interesting. They're like two to one. Huh. See. <laughs> See, this is why Apple shouldn't have like slept on podcasts for as long as they did because it allowed like fucking people to like get rid of the RSS feed and go into their like exclusive walled garden shit. Yeah, that's true. Uh- <laughs> nice. I um, I'm uh, I'm dropping a, a, a Rick roll into our show notes. I love it for anyone who gets um a little curious. Oh my God! I'm so yes, yes, this is perfect. It's so funny. All right, you're welcome. Thank you. Perfect. This has gone off the rails it. at this point, but all right. So everyone needs to go check out Fatty's talk. Uh, what's it called? Fatty's talk. Unsolicited, back. unsolicited colon Fatty's talk back. And Christina, have a great couple weeks off. Thank you. You too, Brett. And uh, everybody, happy uh, Happy New Year. Hopefully I will have slept again uh, before we talk again. But uh, yeah, I have no idea what, what the next couple of days hold for me. Yeah, I hope you t- take care of yourself, Brett. Yes. You guys too. Great talking to sleep. you. Great talking with you. Get some sleep. Get some sleep, Christina. Get some sleep. The system is going down now.